Hey, and welcome to the Aloha Church Podcast. We believe that full life is found in Jesus. And after this message, if you have any questions, please engage with us over social media or connect with us on a Sunday morning. We so hope you enjoy this message. All right, everybody go like this. Everybody cover their eyes like this. Just hold your hands over your eyes as like a little two-year-old does. I have a six-year-old, but as every little kid does, sometimes they put their hands over their eyes and they tell their parents, you can't see me, right? You can't see me because they can't see us. Now take your hands off your eyes. And obviously we know perception for kids isn't always a reality, right? Just because a little kid covers their eyes and says, you can't see me, dad. You can't see me, mom. Reality is we're right there standing over you. A lot of times, right, people in the world cover their hearts and cover their eyes and say, God, you can't see me. You're not here. Because people's perception is they don't see God, they don't feel God, or God is not with them. They reject Jesus. But as we see today, going over the, um, that Colossians, that, that tirade, is that everything is created in him, and all things are created through him and for him. Jesus is the reconciler of all things, and he's the sustainer of life. Amen? Amen. Jesus is king. King Jesus in a kingdom, and we are in the kingdom. Look on your notes. It says, thy king is here. Thy kingdom is here. Amen. We are in a kingdom, and every kingdom has a king. His name is Jesus, and he is a sustainer of life, regardless if people awaken to that reality. Amen. That's a myth that people think, and that's what we're talking about today. Um, it is clear Though that the Bible says that, you know, we hold on to faith. It's only in faith in Jesus that we experience the full and abundant and eternal life that Jesus promises us. It's by faith. But we also know that regardless of the way people feel about Jesus, he gives them life. Amen. He is life himself. He's life itself. The very same breath that someone says, Jesus I love you, Jesus, I worship you, King Jesus. He is also gives breath to the people who say, Jesus, you can't see me, I deny you. Amen? Amen. So we're going to talk about the kingdom of God today because Jesus, if you read about Jesus in the Gospels, he came proclaiming the kingdom of God, talking about the kingdom of God, and I don't know about you, but for a long time I was like, what is the kingdom of God? I have no idea. Is that like a church campus? Is he, is he here on the campus? Is that kingdom? You step on the campus and God's here. Do I have to bring the kingdom of God? Do I have to build the kingdom of God? Advance the kingdom of God? Another win for the kingdom of God? Or is the kingdom of God, as it says in Colossians, here and established and reconciled and Jesus' work on the cross is what? Finished. Amen. Amen. Cool. So let me pray. I know it's kind of a, this is a different kind of a sub subject, and I was thinking about this week, and as we're starting off the year, becoming people on a journey. We're always on a journey, never arriving. We're a journey. So maybe today, um, this message may affirm your understanding of the kingdom, or it may challenge former beliefs about the kingdom and how then we live and experience and express it and and share with our neighbors as we go out. Amen. Lord Jesus, King Jesus, thank you for being our king. Thank you for reconciling all things to you, Lord, for being 
for having mercy and grace and being long-suffering for this world. And Lord, we live in some very dark times and it's getting darker and darker and darker. And I pray that you would fill us up with your Holy Spirit, a supernatural overflow of your spirit and love for people. I pray that this word today would penetrate our hearts, would penetrate some of the maybe shame or guilt or um, hurt or pain or disillusionment um, of maybe the message we've heard about you, God. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So it said that um, maybe the world that you know, does this, maybe not so much they are denying Jesus as king, but a lot of times we've seen a big part of the world research, Pew Research and Gallup Research, shows that now almost 70% of the community and culture just really reject um, I call it the hijacked version of a gospel, a hijacked version of what was intended to be church, right? It's that um, Jesus plus religion, Jesus plus rules, Jesus plus um, behavior modification and this exclusiveness of what has become really what the gospel is. So 70% of the world and community is just uninterested uninterested in any type of church service of any kind right uninterested in like a church that serves spam we're like yes yeah, spam is so cool you gotta be my you gotta come they don't really uninterested uninterested in lights and show and the, the big show or a house church a micro church a prayer house they are just uninterested don't care 70 percent 30% of people are looking or church shopping and the, the, the things that the 30% us, right, that like love church, looking for a church, can't wait to get in a community, usually are the things like worship style, preaching style, the amenities, the, the, the brand or the flavor. The 70%? Uninterested. Aloha's vision, we want to reach 100% of people. Okay? 100%. Everybody here, we pray for you, we love you, a brilliant community. This supplements your life in community as you represent community of God, as you go into the world and reach the people who are uninterested. Right? The uninterested don't care about being invited to a Christmas service or Easter service of spam and fried rice or how we do food. I think this is awesome, right? We come just for the food. That's amazing. You come for children's ministry, you come for this, but we want Jesus' heart, God's heart to reach 100% of people. Does that make sense? That makes sense, right? Okay, so on that, that note, we're talking about the kingdom of God. Jesus was a little boy, grew up a little Jewish boy, as you know, didn't come on the scene till about 30 years old, left of life of carpentry, and he stepped on the, the floor, grabbed the mic, and he didn't, like, pull any punches. He came out swinging for defenses, and this is what he said. It's up here on the screen, Mark 1.5. He says, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in this good news. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in this good news. So Jesus was saying authoritatively, the kingdom of God is here and I am that king. Microphone drop. Right? No longer do you need to think the kingdom of God is far off in the distance that you have to earn and achieve and arrive in your thinking or in your doing or in your washing your hands or all the rules. No longer do you need to think about that. Change your thinking 
That's what the word repent means, metanoia. Change your mind. It's important. Change the way you think about the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is here and near and at hand, and I am that king. Number one, your note says Jesus is what? King. Jesus is king. Who's king? Jesus king. Not LeBron James, right? Basketball fans. Jesus king. Eternal king. Soon after making this stun, stunning proclamation, I wrote this down, I mean, so I know what I'm saying. Jesus began what he began to do, restoring the sight to the blind, healing the deaf, right? Healing people, loving people, casting out demons, raising people from the, the, the dead. All the things that are, the things that say, you are going to go out and do these things, and, right? Amen, right? We still believe in that today. We carry on that. He was not just telling people about the kingdom of God. He was demonstrating that he was king in his kingdom. Then he said in Luke chapter 11, But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Dang, Jesus was then seen as disruptive and subversive, right? He was bringing this kingdom and speaking he was the king. And who had the most to lose at that time? Those in political power and religious power, right? They were losing power of the control they had in their well-maintained system of rules and religion and hoops and exclusivity. It's like the country clubish kind of style, right? Making the rules for the poor. They were last and least and the marginalized and he was disrupting them. And then Jesus adds insult to authority by then choosing 12 misfits. The guys that were probably never been to a tabernacle or never been to a service, right? Last on the rabbi honor roll system, right? Hammer, James and John, Simon the zealot, right? All these dudes, Judas, misfits, outcasts. And he chose them on his team and said, then he started sending them out to go and do the same. You kidding me? That made a lot of people upset. Jesus was a revolutionary. In the minds of political and religious leaders, Jesus was starting a revolution. Stay, revolution. He was starting a revolution, right? That's a ban, so. And it had to be stopped. Jesus had to be silenced. He had to be killed. The commoners want a revolution because they were tired of the injustices served to them, right? The Roman officials, by the Roman officials, so they chose to be with Jesus, sit at his feet, even disregarded and the rejected people of his day wanted to be by Jesus. And after many attempts to silence Jesus in the public, right, what happened? They got one dude to sell Jesus out for the price of a surfboard. They're like, how much is that? Well, you know, 400 bucks. It's like 400 bucks. A brand new surfboard. Okay, brand new surfboard. So, a little surf history for you. Right? <laughs> You're like, yeah, surfboard, 400 bucks. 99 bucks at Costco, soft top. <clears throat> Judas, right? <laughs> Jesus is the risen king. After Jesus' death, what happened? He laid in a tomb, and the movement that Jesus started... His revolution seemed to be silenced with Jesus' death. And all those who followed him went in hiding. 
And that's exactly what the Roman officials want, right? It's done. It's over. But what do we know? What do we know? Jesus rose from the dead, amen? Defeating death. Yes, he did. Jesus is king. He rose from the dead. And a few days later, his followers were running around claiming that Jesus was alive and that he was risen. And he even ate with people. And he was seen by over 500 people. He was on earth, right, for a, a longer time after that. He was seen by over 500 people, eyewitnesses, even extra-biblical uh, Jewish documents and, and Roman documents said, oh, Jesus was a, he's real. He did die and he did raise, raise again. And his followers swore to the truth of Jesus' resurrection. And eventually all of them who continued to profess that Jesus was alive were what? Crucified and murdered, right? On no grounds because that is who Jesus is. He's alive. This is the story of the good news. Amen? It's good news. If the story is true, then Jesus is the key to glorious things like hope, meaning, forgiveness, joy, purpose, and life itself. If the story is true, then the kingdom of God is near and accessible to the last, the least, the marginalized, to screw-ups like me and you. Look at your neighbor say, and you. And you too, you're included, right? If the story is true, then Jesus is life. He is king. Jesus is our creator. Jesus is our sustainer of life. He is the reconciler of all things as declared in Colossians. Let's read it again. Ty, good job. Worth reading. This is our text here. It says this. Colossians 1, 15 through 20. This is a great verse to highlight and look and go back this week and really read it. Let it sink in. He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all, say all, all creation. As we've been learning how to read our Bibles and study our Bibles, we're learning how to circle repetitive words, right? Repetitive words and phrases. <clears throat> For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things, say all things, all things were created through him and for him. Hmm. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything say everything everything he might be preeminent for in him all the fullness of god was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile or to bring back all things to himself whether on earth or in heaven making peace by the blood of the cross amen Amen. So a couple things to point out here. Um, verse 15, all creation takes a back seat to Jesus. Verse 16, all things were created by Jesus and for Jesus. All things come after the eternal Jesus. Verse 17, all things are held together by Jesus. And all the fullness of God dwelt in Jesus. 19. If those are true, then we must affirm verse 20 in saying that all things in heaven and earth 
are reconciled and peace is already made across the cosmos. Amen? What do you think Paul means by all things? Really good, right? You don't need to you know the Hebrew and Greek for that, right? All things, it means all things, 100% of things. Everything in existence, past, present, and future, was and is created by Jesus, through Jesus, for Jesus. That's why Jesus said, John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Everything has life because Jesus is life himself. Make sense? Every person, everything, every creature has life, is living because Jesus is life. Old school with the notes. Hmm. Here's a myth. It's a myth. This might trip on your brain a little bit. It's a myth that life outside of Jesus is impossible. Okay? It's a myth that life outside of Jesus is impossible. Like the child who covers their eyes and says, you can't see me. It's a myth. But yet people still believe this myth because why? Our world is fallen and broken and dark, right? It's also a myth that people still want to scrub themselves clean on their own merit and have a hand in their own righteousness. Does that make sense? We have law-ish hearts. Talked about that last week. Our law-ish hearts. Religion is in us. Climbing the ladder. Achieving. Because we like to be independent. We want to be independent. We don't want to answer to a savior. We don't want to confess that we are sinners and lost and hope and broken needing a savior in us, in humans, want independence to scrub ourselves of our own sin, to achieve full life and eternal life without Jesus. And that's not life. That is not the full and abundant life or eternal life that Jesus promises. But it's even, that's why Jesus says this. You know this, Romans 5, 8. For while we were sinners, Jesus died for us. While we were sinners, while we were enemies of God, Jesus died for us. Not when we decided to come to church, then he died for us, right? I say this a lot and I'll say it again. This is the good news, not potentially good news for people. That's big, okay? This is good news that while we were sinners, while those who reject Jesus... Apart from Jesus, slaves to sin, Jesus died for them. They're already forgiven. That's good news. Potentially good news. Often what people hear is the message, the hijacked message, is that when you are ready, then Jesus died for you. That's conditional. That's exclusive. Does that make sense? Just that little, like, illumination can penetrate that heart for us sometimes for imagine the religious who are like we are elite we're better because we've we are we are good and we behave and we abc and then remember partial truth but not complete truth it's partial yes jesus has a pattern and a plan for our life and then if i follow this pattern and plan my life will show out like this and if it doesn't what happened and then they withdraw from jesus 
and trying to get others to clean their life up when Jesus said, you know how I dealt with the problems of the world and the sin of the world? Yeah, I died on the cross and said it is finished. Amen, Amen right? So this is some theology you don't even know you're getting. So there's no escaping his presence. But here's the truth. I want to say this again and be very clear. While it's true that no one has a relationship with Jesus outside of faith in Jesus, as it says, right? Salvation comes when we confess, we repent, and believe in this good news. We also hold true that it's true that Jesus gives life to the very people that we sometimes think are furthest from God in the darkest places. In the book of Acts, Paul is addressing a bunch of smart people, philosophers of the day that sat around and just talked shop about theology and life and then idols and all that stuff. And Paul jumps in there and says this, In him we all live and move and have our being. So you can talk about idols and different religions and attaining and achieving and arriving and being smart and knowing the whole Old Testament and all the right things, but in him we all, say all, we all, all y'all, all, y'all, and all y'all, them all, us and them, D-E-M, us and them, all right, have life because of Jesus. But again, I mentioned the obstacle is that we have a hard time with this because we see such a fallen and broken and sinful world, right? The peace and reconciliation that Jesus promises, we don't see. We often don't see that in our family, in church world, right? We see chaos and discord and sin because <laughs> it's there. So it's quite the opposite of seeing. But regardless of the posture that people have towards God, it's more important to know the posture that God has towards people, right? Because we're going to run into a lot of people with this. I mean, we're post-church, anti-church culture, right? Where church used to be like the answer, the church is the answer. Now we see sometimes church, they point, the church is the problem, because all the highlighted stuff that goes on, right? You're like, oh, see, that's the problem. It's manipulation and this and that. And it's like big business. And it's just showing the problem. It's show everybody blowing it. Jesus is the answer, right? There's going to be sinful people. <laughs> There's going to be discord and chaos and broken relationships and a lot of dark things. But Jesus is the sustainer of all living. He's our king, right? He is our king. Jesus is the head of this church. He's the king, amen? So the most important move has already been made by Jesus. I'm going to skip some because you guys need to know that. Here we go. I like this quote. I've seen it before, and I want to put it up here on the screen because it was kind of hard for I read it a couple of times, and people were like, what are you saying? I don't quite get that. This is by Father Robert Capone. It says, in the end, heaven and hell will be populated entirely by forgiven sinners. The only difference between the two will be a matter of acceptance or rejection. <laughs> the saved are home free before we even know it. Amen, right? This is big. This is, this was like, I think, 
I grew up in a Catholic church, Catholic school, all boys, Catholic high school. Yeah, right? Basically for sports. And then as, you know, in ministry or just kind of like you just kind of inherit things and you believe certain things that are true but maybe not complete, right? And I always thought I had to then have this. I was a construction worker assigned by God to take the kingdom of God into schools and missions and around the world and these places and like because people are so far from God, they're blind, they're, 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 they're dead. How much would it change, change me so much to know, like, you know what, like, Jesus is everywhere. He's at Mission Bay High School, right? We're not bringing it. He's here. He's keeping all these kids alive. Everywhere in the world, Jesus is king. He permeates throughout the whole world. And the people that we think are so far from God are really being kept alive by Jesus himself. They haven't been awakened to it. And as we tell people about repenting, it's really about changing their mind. What you thought about God, maybe because your own sinful heart, you heard that, you know, people hear things that's not quite true, or they quote scripture that's not, like the whole, the whole thing, right? Because I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. Home runs. <laughs> right? Come on. People are already forgiven. Your friends and family and people we think are they're forgiven. They just haven't believed it or received it. Amen? So when I first read that, I was like, maybe it's like some of you like, is he saying that everyone is saved? <laughs> we are all saved. <laughs> they just haven't. It's hell's a courtesy to people who reject him, right? It's not designed for people because God loves everybody. So what about you? What is your perception of the kingdom of God? You know, what is your role in experiencing abundant life, full life? Amen. You've been listening to the Aloha Church Podcast. If you want to learn more about living free in Jesus, please reach out to us. We hope God spoke something wonderful and life-giving to you today.